um, I just started thinking about the day of Pentecost and how on the day of Pentecost we find in Acts chapter 2 that they were meeting daily in the temple, they were praying, they were... Um, they knew that Jesus said, Terry, until the Holy Spirit comes, and when the Holy Spirit comes, you'll be endued with power from on high. And so they continued in that day after day. And Pentecost was a Jewish holiday, that, or fast, a, a feast that was coming up. And so there was a lot of Jews from a lot of different areas that were there in the town in Jerusalem at that time. So it was a perfect setup. And I love how God takes things and he, he kind of wraps the parallels things in there. So here you have this natural feast of Pentecost celebrating harvest. And here God's about ready to, to pour out his spirit and bring forth a great spiritual harvest into the church. And, and neither, neither group, you know, one, well, the, the, the group that was full of the Spirit probably didn't know for sure it was going to happen on that day. I mean, they were just praying like they were every day. Today was uh, the, the Feast of Pentecost. Well, we're still getting together. We're still having our prayer meeting. The 120 of them got together in the upper room, and there they are praying. But on that particular day, suddenly, there was a sound from heaven. And there came a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were at. And there appeared divided tongues as fire, and one sat on each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they all began to speak in tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And so we see this glorious moment, and I'm sure they were like, just carried up in the spirit. I'm sure this was something that, um, you know, in their wildest dreams, they probably didn't know how this was going to happen. They knew eventually at one of these meetings, the Holy Spirit was going to manifest, but they weren't sure how it was going to happen. And if they tried to figure it out, if they tried to program it, if they tried to orchestrate it, if they tried to control it, they would have missed it. And they would have messed it up. But all they had to do was just be obedient to what Jesus said. He said, tarry until you are filled with the Holy Spirit. So what are we going to do today? Well, we're going to tarry. And what are we going to do tomorrow? Well, we're going to tarry again. We're going to wait again. And so they were just obeying. They were just simply obeying every day. Now, whether they knew that that day there was something special in the air or something was going to happen more so than the other 50 days or 49 days they've been getting together and pray, I don't know. But on that day, the Spirit of God manifested. And it came upon them in a very unusual way. I have, I have yet to this day seen uh, a fire in the sky come down and rest over a person's head. You can feel, I've felt the fire of the Holy Spirit. You feel that heat. You feel that burning. But I haven't physically seen it. But when it came upon them, they just yielded to it. And they began to speak in other tongues. And then, of course, that turned into such a glorious moment 
that they couldn't stay in the upper room anymore. They had to migrate out of the upper room. They had to go out into the public. And then they began speaking in other tongues out in the public. Now, they were speaking in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. But the people that were out there, the people that were from different countries and different areas and regions that actually had a different dialect of language was now hearing these people that were praying in tongues, they were hearing them in their own dialect language saying the wonderful works of God. Now, isn't that interesting? They're just praying in tongues. They don't know what they're saying, but they're feeling good. They're feeling charged up. They're feeling the the power of God on them. But these people are hearing an interpretation to what they're saying. And the interpretation that they're hearing is is, uh, synopsed as the wondrous works of God. They heard them speak the wondrous works of God. Now I started to think about that a little bit. Like they weren't, they didn't hear him say the wonderful names of God or the wonderful things of God, but they were saying the wonderful works of God. Those Christians who were full of the Holy Spirit, praying in other tongues, were praying out or speaking out into the realm of the Spirit, and it was being interpreted to others, and what they were hearing is these people saying wonderful works of God. Now, what what do you think the wonderful works of God would be? Like, God heals the sick, that would be a work of God. God sets the captives free. You know, the, the, the gospel message was, you know, The Lord has anointed me to go out and preach the gospel, open the blind eyes, set the captives free. See, those are works of God. So here they are, they're speaking these things, and they're saying some glorious things, things that God is doing in the earth. They're praying that out. Now, in Joel, the prophet Joel, when he talked about this and prophesied, about the Spirit coming in Joel chapter 2, verse 28, or excuse me, 26. I'm sorry, 28. And it, Joel prophesied, he said, It shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams, and your young men shall see visions. And I've heard people say, well, if you're getting dreams from the Lord, you must be an old man because old men nap, so of course they, they get the dreams, but I don't think so. And then it goes on to say, and also on my men servant and maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. Now here, Joel doesn't say that 
they're going to speak in tongues. They're going to speak in a different language. What he says is they're going to prophesy. The Spirit's going to be poured out upon them, and then they're going to prophesy. You know, it's interesting, when I, would, when I looked at some of the occurrences in the book of Acts when people were filled with the Holy Spirit, the Bible says that they began to speak in tongues and they began to prophesy. Both. Now, I've prayed with people to be filled with the Holy Spirit, and I've seen them speak in tongues after they receive the Holy Spirit, but I've never heard anybody, at least in, in, in interpretation, they probably were saying it in the Spirit, but I didn't hear them in interpretation prophesying anything. But it's interesting here is Joel is saying that when they get filled with the Holy Spirit, they're going to prophesy. And so what we see here is a correlation between your praying in tongues and prophesying. That there's a real direct correlation. Paul even mentions this in 1 Corinthians 14, 1 through 5. He starts talking about praying in tongues, and he says that when you're praying in tongues, he says, howbeit in the Spirit you're speaking mysteries to God. And those mysteries that you're speaking aren't mysteries that Obviously, God doesn't know because he knows everything. But those mysteries are things that pertain to your life. They're things that pertain to God's will, God's plan, God's purpose for your life. And what's awesome about it is it can happen in the spirit where you don't have to figure it out, make it work, and so forth. You know, when he talked about praying in tongues... What was kind of interesting is he said that when you pray in other tongues, your spirit is being edified, but your mind is being unfruitful. And as I was thinking about that, God set this thing up in such a way that you can pray in other tongues while you're doing other things. You don't necessarily need your mind completely focused on what you're saying like you are when you're talking in English. But when you're praying in tongues, you can be swinging a hammer, you can be driving a car, you can be cutting the grass, you can be doing a lot of different things and your spirit can be praying in that way so that it'll edify itself, it'll build itself up, but your mind doesn't your mind can still be doing other things. And it's a discipline. It takes discipline to do that, to yield that way, because sometimes if you get your mind more focused on something, then you stop praying in tongues. But you can develop an ability to where you can pray in tongues all the time even though you're doing natural things. And depending upon the type of job you have and so forth, um, obviously if you're talking, but I've heard people that had um, jobs where they would just be praying in tongues all the time. And now, I guess with the, when you have to wear a mask in the, in the store, 
You could just pray in tongues all you want. Nobody will know what's going on there. <laughs> but it, but when, when you are pressing in to the realm of the Spirit, then you don't want your mind to be unfruitful. And I'll talk a little bit about that. But what I want to bring out, and, and it, it, this kind of reminds me of an interesting story in the Old Testament. In Numbers chapter 11, Moses is going through a, a difficult time. Uh, God is upset with the children of Israel. He's, he, uh, Moses is just trying to manage all these people, and, and it's just so hard, and he just starts talking to the Lord, and he says, Lord, the burden of this, of taking care of all these people and trying to help them and, and keep them on track, it's just so overwhelming. I cannot bear this burden by myself. And the Lord said, okay, I want you to pick out 70 elders and bring them into the tabernacle. And I will take the spirit or the anointing that's on you and I will put it on them as well and they will help you. So he gets the 70 elders together. They're in the tabernacle. A glory cloud comes in, covers the whole place falls rest upon them, the anointing transfers onto these 70 elders, and they all begin to prophesy. They're all speaking the wonderful works of God in the tabernacle. And there were two of these elders that felt a little adventurous, Eldad and Medad. And they decided, you know what, we're going to take this anointing and this prophecy, and we're going to go walk out in the camp. So they left the tabernacle. They're out walking around in the camp where all the people are, and they're prophesying under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And while they're doing that, Joshua, he, he, gets, he gets, you know, he thinks, is this right? He doesn't know if this is right or wrong. He doesn't know if, if it's if this is good or if Moses is going to get in trouble. And he goes up to Moses and he says, Moses, should I rebuke them? And Moses said, don't worry about me. You know, don't be concerned about for me. And he made a very interesting statement in Numbers eleven twenty nine, And he said to them, Would God that all the Lord's people were prophets and that the Lord would put his spirit upon them? Interesting. That was way back in Numbers. And Moses, in the spirit, he picked up on that. And then Joel later on prophesied that the Spirit would be poured out upon all flesh, and then he even went to identify kind of the low end of the, of the, of the, of the people, uh, the maidservants and the men servants. And so the Holy Spirit, at the, up until this point, the Holy Spirit was something that was just so limited unless you were a priest or a prophet or a king. But God didn't want it that way. Ultimately, he wanted all of us to have it. And how amazing that is. 
I mean, if you were living back in the Bible times and you saw a prophet, like, you know, it was like an awe. Like, this man hears God. God talks to this man. He actually has a one-on-one conversation with God Almighty. And then God speaks through him to us. You know, it was pretty sacred, you know, pretty holy, pretty amazing. Um, and God was like, you know, I, I want to open this thing up for everybody. I want to get this on everybody. I want all of the Lord's people to be full of the Holy Spirit. And I would that all the Lord's people would be prophets. Now, that's kind of an interesting thing. That makes me think a little bit. Why would the Lord want me, why would the Lord want you to be a prophet? Now, there are ministry gifts, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. Not everybody is going to be in that, in that uh, ministry um, calling. But everybody can be filled with the Holy Spirit. Everybody can be able to speak in tongues. It's, it's to whoever, you know, to, to all generations. And within that, there is a function or an operation of prophecy. And this just kind of was rolling around in me. And I was thinking about this um, because God has called us to be co-laborers with him. Now, a couple weeks ago, you guys were having a, a work day. We were, block, we were knocking up some uh, asphalt and uh, trying to tear that up so that we can get it ready, put some traffic bond on there, kind of fix those, those dips and hills and inclines and whatnot. And so we came out, we co-worked together. We, were, we had shovels, we had picks, we had sledgehammers, and we're all swinging away. We were co-working together. And God calls us to co-work with him. Now, when, we, when us guys were co-working, we all have arms, we all have strength, we all have tools, and we're working that together. But when we're working with God, really, he's got the power, right? Like, we don't have, we don't have his power power. I mean, we have his power in us, but we rely upon his power to do the work. But yet we work with him. We're co-workers together with him. So how do we do that? How do we work that? And I see, a co- I see a, an application here, and it's working in this area of prophecy. You see, prophecy, when you think about prophecy, you think about maybe foretelling the future. Like if I'm a prophet, I'm going to tell you that something's going to happen to you tomorrow or, or something's going to happen to you tomorrow or, or an event's going to happen sometime tomorrow. And yes, that is a part of the prophetic uh, ministry of a prophet. But when you understand prophecy, prophecy is speaking under a divine influence. 
So even though I may not be able to predict what's going to happen tomorrow or predict something in the future, I can still operate in prophecy by speaking under a divine influence. But what would I say? Would I just make something up? Or would I yield to the Spirit of God and just speak out the things that God wants to do? What does God want to do? How does God want to work? So when you get up in the morning, what do you think God wants to do for you throughout the day? Do you think he, he wants to protect you with angels? Yes. Do you think he wants to give you wisdom and insight on how to do things? Yeah. Do you think he wants to bless you, bless the work of your hand? Yeah. Do you think he wants to use you in a way to minister to other people, to share the gospel, to be a witness, to be a light? That sounds about right. So when you get up in the morning, you're, look at yourself as, I'm a, I, I'm, a, I'm a prophet in my world, if you will. I'm a king. The Bible says he's made us to be kings and priests unto him. So when you get up, okay, now how am I going to operate in this? I've got the Holy Spirit. I've got the anointing in me. How can I speak under the divine influence of the Holy Spirit? Well, what do I want to see? What, what do I want to see God do today? Then speak it out. No, you can't. Just arbitrarily say, okay, God, I'm going to make you send a guy over here with $500,000 and a yellow suitcase and put it in my lap. But he, if he showed you that, well, then speak it out. But otherwise, uh, you know, you're not pulling things just arbitrarily. But what you are doing is you're getting in unity in the spirit. And you're doing that in the time of prayer and the time of yielding. And then you're like, okay, God, what, what, is, what does you want to do here? How do you want to work here? How do you want to operate in this day? And I think a lot of times, you know, we just kind of get up. We just kind of, you know, we get dressed and, okay, it's Tuesday, it's Thursday, and we're going to do this. And, oh, that's right, I got an appointment at 3, and I got to take care of this. You know, and we just kind of go into the day just, you know, it's another day. It's another natural day. But what I want to encourage us is to look at the day differently. To say this is the day that the Lord has made. There's a significance of this day. And then there's going to be a significance of the next day. And every day is a significant day because it's a day that you can walk with God. It's a day that you are a co-worker and a laborer together with God. And in order to fulfill that, in order to kind of release some things, in order to kind of get the focus going and kind of get yourself in a place where you're aware of things and you're using your God-given anointing and authority as a believer, how are you going to take dominion? How are you going to take authority? How are you going to step forth into the day 
And what kind of plan, what kind of purpose, what kind of vision are you going to have? And so that's where the, prof, the prophetic anointing can be so powerful in our life. And I think a lot of times if we underestimate who we are in this area, if we don't see the, the, the reality of this, we miss out on opportunities. We say, well, why did this happen? Why didn't this work out? Why didn't I, you know, why didn't... Why did I lose out on this when I, you know, I should have had this? Or, you know, and I think a lot of times it's because we didn't, we didn't go for it. The Bible talks about laying hold of eternal life. Like, wait a minute, I already have eternal life. But how do I lay hold of eternal life? I already have it, but how do I lay hold of it? Well, see, you engage with it. You, you put your faith in action with it. And the powerful thing about the gift of the Holy Spirit and praying in other tongues is when you're praying in other tongues, what you're doing is you're automatically starting to pray these things out in the realm of the Spirit. And then Paul said this. He said, you know, when you're praying in other tongues, pray that you can interpret have you ever had time when you're praying in the Spirit and you just sense a, you know, there's times when you're praying in tongues and it's just kind of shandala mokoroboko, shandala bashi, and it's just kind of even, steady. And then all of a sudden, something picks up. You sense that there's a, there's a, a greater sense of urgency. There's something more important. Something more significant is, is happening and you're praying it out. Then you should pray, Lord, what, what was that? What do I need to speak out of English? What do I need to release as a, as a prophet in my world for the kingdom of God? What do I need to release into the atmosphere, into my day, into the world around me? James talks about the tongue, and he says power, you know, the, the, the tongue is very powerful, and the the Bible says the power of life and death is in the tongue. And, and as we begin to speak these things out, it's releasing a lot of stuff. It's releasing God to do things and to move and to manifest. You know, what's interesting is when you're in the Spirit, you've had a good time with the Lord in the morning. You're charged up. Now you're going through your day, and you meet somebody. And you just have an authority to talk to them about the Lord. It's like it's something that happens a little bit easier. It just flows out of you a little bit stronger. And as you begin to talk to them, all of a sudden, something hits them. You're like, wow. How did that happen? That's that anointing. It's speaking under that divine influence. And I think in this day, we are in a very, we're in a battle. We're in a very serious time of battle with things going on in the demonic realm. And we have to stand stronger, taller, more aggressive. Even Jesus said, you know, the, the kingdom suffereth violence and the violent take it by force. So sometimes we've got to be able to just go out after something and go for it. And I think if we, do, if we look at ourselves more as we're a king, we are a king under the king of kings. 
and he made us to be kings and priests unto him. So now as we go get up in the morning, the king has awoken. How are you going to rule that day? What is your focus going to be for that day? Are you going to let anything happen? Are you going to just, you know, just let whatever happen and then kind of deal with it? Or do you want to be a little more proactive? Do you want to be a little bit more uh, setting the tone and, and setting the course and setting the direction for things? You know, sometimes people say things with their words that they shouldn't say. And then those words come back to bite them. But we'd rather say the things we should say and then let those words come back in, in, in a harvest, a reaping of a good harvest. And so I just want to encourage us to, to think about this a bit. When, when God's perspective for filling us with the Holy Spirit is not just so that we can, you know, talk in other tongues, which is still a very, it's still very powerful and it still edifies us and it builds us up, but he wanted us to transition into a prophetic lifestyle where we're speaking under divine influence the things of God. And when you're in prayer, you know, it's interesting, Jesus said, or excuse me, uh, Paul said in Ephesians, he said that we're seated with Christ in heavenly places. Now, I was reading that verse the other day, and I kind of opened my eyes and looked around, and I'm like, well, I'm sitting on a rocking chair, a leather rocking chair, and, and in my bedroom, this doesn't look like a heavenly place to me, it's, but I'm seated in heavenly places. And as I began to meditate on that and think about that, there's these realms that God ha has called us to pray in, to operate in, to, to live in, to work out of. And those realms are realms of divine unction, divine direction, divine inspiration, and those are those heavenly places. So when you're, when you're going to your job, you know, there, there's times when I've been doing things around the house, working on a project, painting something, fixing something. And if I'm in the anointing, I can do that and things can just come into place and God will kind of guide me and keep me a couple steps ahead of myself because I'm not a fix-it guy. I'm, I'm, I'm not a handyman. So, you know, I get into, I start doing something and I have to sometimes undo what I did because I didn't do it right the first time because I forgot that I had to do this before I did that. You know, or you, you, you know, you didn't measure it right or all those types of things. But when you're in the anointing, it's almost like the Holy Spirit is right there Saying, "Yep, that's good. Nope, stop. You gotta check. You gotta check this. Gotta change that. You gotta work. Okay, back up. All right." And there's just a more of a divine guidance 
when you're doing it. And then also while you're doing it, there's an opportunity. You can pray. You can talk to God. You can speak things out. You can think, you know, while you're working on stuff, you can, somebody may come to your mind and you'll start praying for them and you'll declare that they're healed and you'll say, Lord, I, I just, I pray for their breakthrough. I pray that they'll be free of this. I pray that they'll be delivered of that. And I just command any darkness off of them. And you can be doing that while you're sawing and cutting and nailing and screwing and whatever. And here you are doing something that's kind of a natural thing, but you are actually operating in a divine, supernatural way. And you're tearing down strongholds. You're releasing things in the, in the kingdom of God. And somebody's getting a breakthrough and you're getting edified at the same time. And that's where, where we're at here and in, in, in what God wants for us with the praying in tongues. So I just want to take a few minutes here and uh, let's just pray in the spirit. And if there's something that you just sense like, I got to pray about this, then you just pray it out. Pray it out in English and then release it and then speak what God would do. So for example, if, if, if somebody is going through depression. What would God do? Well, he wants to give that person hope. He wants to let that person know they're valuable. And I just, and I just speak over that person right now, that, that a spirit of, of hope, a spirit of purpose, a spirit of destiny, open that person's eyes to see that they have a purpose and a destiny for their life. And there's, they're, not a, a, they're not a reject and they're not, they're not a nobody and there's no hope for them. And just use that divine anointing to prophesy, to speak, because that's what God wants to do. God wants to work that way in all of our lives. So let's just take a minute here to pray and um, pray in the Spirit for a minute. Father, we thank you right now that we can pray. Lord, we thank you that we can draw near to you. We thank you, Lord, that you've given us the Holy Spirit. And, uh, Lord, that that anointing can help us to pray in other tongues. It can help us to intercede for one another. It can help us to speak out things and, and get ourselves in line with you so that we can speak out things in divine influence. And so we just submit our, ourselves to you in this area. Shandara Mashandara 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 Mashandara